0: What's going on, FCS football fans? Welcome to the FCS Opening Drive Podcast, presented by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting and Football Game Plan. I am David Hassagen here as always with the czar of the playbook, Emery Hunt. Emery, good morning. Good morning, sir. How's it going for you this week one of college football? It is week one. College football is officially underway for everybody this week. We are fired up. We've got a lot to talk about. We have a couple week zero games to talk about here on the podcast that Emery and I took in firsthand. Him on, you know, he has the blue check mark, so he got to go there live. I watched mine on TV. But, you know, You could have went to a game. I, I, are you kidding me on last-second notice? I don't have that budget. <laughs> you I do have, have a vehicle. You, barely. Uh, <laughs> had to deal with that trouble last week. Uh, folks, we're going to talk about the two games, Villanova versus Colgate and Youngstown State versus Samford here on the podcast. We're also going to talk about the Senior Bowl watch list, which is just coming out a lot of fcs players to talk about we're gonna talk about some of the names maybe you don't know uh from that list to keep an eye on for this upcoming season and then we will break down a lot of big games in week one a lot of FCS versus FBS matchups to talk about, as well as some interconference games to be looking out for. Again, folks, if you want to listen back on any of these podcasts, you can search us in the podcast section on iTunes and SoundCloud. Search Football Game Plan there. We've done previews from the Big Sky all the way to the SWAC. We had our big preview last week with Craig Haley, so you can listen to those anywhere, anytime. You can also go to footballgameplan.com, and you can go to youtube.com slash plan of course, to find all of your football needs from NFL and the college game all the way down to even high school recruiting. So Emery's got all of that on the site. We've got some crazy stuff to talk about, but of course, we also have to talk about the book that is coming out for football game plan, The Go-Go Offense. Emery is, in fact, has a copy in the studio for us to talk about. Emery, Give, give us a plug. Give us a
1: plug. Yeah, you can go to footballgameplan.com slash offense and pick up Brennan Marion's new book, the book release, Go Go Offense. Uh, he lays out the foundation and building blocks of his offense with the success at both the high school and collegiate levels. The Go Go Offense is a great addition to your coaching library. Again, this is the offensive coordinator of William & Mary, who has done a fantastic job of putting together his offense, which is tearing up the college football fields and lighting up the scoreboards. Go pick it up today footballgameplan.com slash offense That's the only place where you can get it. it. So don't try to go to Barnes & Noble or any <laughs> bookstore and read it, take notes, and put it back on the shelf. You have to go and get it from footballgameplan.com slash
0: offense And especially goes for you defensive coordinators in the CAA. No cheating. Use the film like everybody else. Stop going <laughs> and trying to read the book. Let's get into the uh, podcast here, folks. Let's talk about... Week zero, always that enigmatic uh, period of the college football season where you have some random games. or some pretty good games in the FBS level, of course. We had Florida taking on Miami. That was a great game. But some really interesting, two really interesting matchups that happened in the FCS. And let's start at the one you were at, Emory. Villanova at Colgate. Colgate number 13 in the preseason FCS poll. We know what they did last year. An absolutely dominant defense. One that was of historic proportions we've mentioned it all the time taking on a Villanova squad who based on injuries and everything we've seen kind of underperformed the last couple of years we always thought that they were going to be better but injuries the injury bug bit them more than maybe any other program I've ever seen they were healthy than week one and it showed the first upset of 2019 is already underway Villanova wins 34-14 what did you see when you were up at Watertown? Yeah, it was what makes it interesting. Is first, it was a beautiful day to catch a game because
1: it was you know it wasn't hot, it wasn't humid, it was breezy. Mm. Uh, you're up in the you know Hamilton, New York, where it's up high. You know, a couple of hours, maybe an hour east of Syracuse, uh, and you know in between Syracuse and Utica, so you're in upstate New York, beautiful landscape, uh, excellent facilities, Colgate. So it was a great day for a football game, and then the game happened, and you, you're thinking, okay. This will be a 3-0 game because oh, yeah. both defenses were out there. Teams couldn't really move the football. And Colgate just, again, the same issues that we saw rear its ugly head in the playoff game like you brought up before the show, mm. start to rear its head here against Villanova. They couldn't really complete passes downfield. Villanova was stout against the run. Point of attack play on both sides were, were outstanding, was outstanding. It's just that Villanova was able to hit a couple of passes. And when you look at the fact that the turning point of the game, uh, it was you know they caught Colgate in a blitzing situation where uh, the guy blitzed off the corner, and they did what I would do. You just call scat. You make a scat call, which the back just releases instead of picking up the blitzer. So now there's nobody out there. Tight end was actually open, too. So they just dumped the ball off to the running back tight end, served as a pseudo lead block, and walked in the end zone. That was the first touchdown of the game. Then the second turning point was when Villanova turned up the pressure on Brenneman. And he was trying to avoid the pressure by just getting rid of the football. Yeah. Threw it right to number six, uh, Jaquan Amos, who brought it right back for a touchdown. And when it was up fourteen to three or fourteen nothing, it would it, I knew right there it was going to be tough for
0: Colgate to to put points up on the board, which showed. I mean, Colgate w- w- as as good as they were last year. Again, this is you know in a, in a way a criticism of the league that they play in, but when they face a team that ha- has a good defense like they do. That's when they happen to struggle. When they played JMU in the playoffs last year, oh, JMU's a powerhouse. Their defense wasn't great. So they finally hit a defense that I think is worthy of more consideration as a, as a unit in terms of the CAA power rankings than they usually get the respect for Villanova. They, they have a tremendous defense. Um, Daniel Smith, very good day throwing the ball, had three touchdowns. Didn't throw over a ton of yards, but you don't have to if you're smart with the ball. You, you remember that name, Daniel Smith? You recognize that name? Yeah, yeah, I think I'm picking it up. Uh, it, it, it's in, it's kind of crazy. These move over to the CAA, but it's yeah, former Campbell starting
1: quarterback last uh, year, man, transferred over to Villanova and instantly won the starting quarterback job and proved to be a huge asset that they were able to pick up this offseason.
0: Yeah, it, it, and it's it's going to be interesting to see because he's used to being more of a running quarterback, exactly at Campbell. Villanova and the CAA in general, you don't really have many of those. It's very much a, you know, a pro-style offense. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how he adjusts. Uh, Justin Covington, though, also had a very good game, 19 carries for 134 yards. Uh, he had a very nice day. You mentioned Jaquan Amos uh, with the interception touchdown. That's got to be great in week one as a D-back. I'll tell you what, man. Villanova's secondary is going to be outstanding.
1: They, yeah. they have uh, three juniors, two juniors and a sophomore. The sophomore was Christian Benford, who led the team in picks last year. Uh, but the other two guys, Amos and Nawola Awupatu. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> um, the free safety, those are NFL players. Yeah. So they got legit pro prospects. They also have a, you know another corner in Elijah Trent, 6'3", sophomore. That's another pro prospect, as well as safety, uh, strong safety, Julian Williams, who's a senior, um, who, who's 6'3", 215. And what I like about their secondary, they move them all around. Yeah. So guys will have to play safety. Guys will have to play corner. Guys can match up. They can do a lot of different things, which is why they're so versatile, which is why we've seen over the last two draft cycles, Villanova cornerbacks and defensive backs get into the league with Trey Johnson, uh, who's now still who's with the Steelers now, I believe, or San Francisco is one that's in the league. And the other two guys are going to be uh, Malik Reeves, going to be an XFL guy, I believe. Mm. And um, – uh, Rob Roll is going to be an XFL guy, so those guys coming from this tree, and I thought defensive coordinator Ola Adams did a great job calling the great game. They kept Colgate off balance.
0: I mean, I, I think you you mentioned it too with having kind of I, I kind of call it the nebulous defense in the secondary. Everybody kind of plays everywhere, and you see again. You talked about it, the pro prospects coming out because at the next level, you do need to be able as a cornerback to. Step up and make a tackle. You do as a safety have to know how to come on the outside and make a blitz. So I thought also found it interesting that Villanova though nobody on the senior bowl watch list, which fun- I think will they will be added. Well, it's funny you bring that up uh, about tackling because Colgate's
1: corner, who's a who's a pro prospect as well, uh, Abu Dharame Soiree. Oh uh, man, you got some nasty names oh, today. Oh man, it was <laughs> there was one play, but there was a it was a key third down. They had. Colgate had Villanova backed up on the 10-yard line. Yep. And he ran toward, you know, Deremy Soiree, and he kind of like half-hearted, tried to dive at the running back's legs with his shoulder. That never works. Yeah, he jumped over <laughs> him and got the first down. Yeah. The next play, I credit both um, players on this situation, but I credit the Villanova coaching staff because I would probably do the same thing. If he showed that running attempt, that that tackling attempt on the previous play. Yeah. Do it again. Run right at him. Yeah. Clearly he doesn't want to tackle, okay. right? Yeah. They ran the same play, same situation. This time, Suare flew up and laid the stick on this dude, like hit him in his tracks for like a two-yard gain. So it shows a guy that saw a mistake, didn't realize the mistake, immediately corrected the mistake right away. And it's good that it worked out for him on back to back plays. I thought he had a really good game in coverage. Um I know defensively it's hard to say when you give up. 34 points, but one of those was an offensive touchdown, a pick six. But there were some positive things I saw from Colgate. Uh, You know, we talked about Jeremy Soiree, their left tackle, Jovan Wolford, I Mm. thought was outstanding. He was a team captain. Uh, He's another one that's a senior pro prospect. So I was impressed with how he looked. He looked like a pro player. Um, He's probably going to play guard, but he's their left tackle. But he looks like an athletic lineman. Um, So there there were some positive signs.
0: They know what they have to do now.
1: Yes, uh, they have to work on their passing game.
0: Yeah, definitely, and, and we'll certainly keep an eye out of that for Colgate. We'll see how much they drop in the rankings because there is no voting after Week Zero, only after Week One. So we'll see what they do in week uh, in their second game of the season. But certainly good signs for Villanova though to start the year. The other game that this week, um, Youngstown State taking on Samford. We mentioned what you know Samford's gone through. They lose Devlin Hodges, the all-time leading quarterback across college football in terms of passing yardage. Uh, and what he accomplished in his four-year career at Sanford, So we knew there was going to be some growing pains here. For Youngstown State, trying to get back to their bread and butter, trying to get back to the run game, defense, hit-you-in-the-mouth style that made them such a force and national title contenders uh, for so long. And we kind of saw a little bit of both in this one. Youngstown State wins 45-22 over Sanford. Um, what were your takeaways from this game? Because... We kind of have differing opinions on this. You think it, uh, I think that Youngstown State had a great game. They had a good first step. You think it was a little bit maybe overrated. No,
1: no, no. I, what I meant was, you know, it's it's like in a preseason when you have a great performance, correct? Mm. Is it because a player was great or was it because it's preseason or was it because he's going up against a bad defense? So Ah, uh,
0: okay. So Daniel Jones
1: syndrome. Right. <laughs> so you don't you don't really know what how to take it. Now, granted this is college football, so it's week 0. We know there's no preseason, so they're coming right. fresh off summer workouts, summer conditioning, and all that good stuff like that. And man, when you when you see how the game started, you was like, oh well, well here comes Youngstown <laughs> State defense, and then that defense really stepped up and, and shut those guys down after that first play up until the fourth quarter. So they yeah. really dominated. I thought they led from that side of the ball. Impressed with how they were able to respond. And you know, this is a positive sign for for Youngstown State because. Like I, like I said before, and this is what I was talking about, this was a game that they could have easily gone in and lost. You yes. know, this was a team that they probably was favored against, that they could have laid an egg and played down to the competition, but they stepped up, did well,
0: and got the win, got a convincing win. I think definitely the player that I, I call my eye was Nathan Mays for Youngstown, dual-threat quarterback, um, 13 carries for 90 yards, the quarterback position, that is solid. Only 10 of 18, but threw for two touchdowns. So again, if you're smart with the football – You don't have to throw the ball for 30 yards on a pass play. You can just dump it off for five, get the guy in the flank, get the first down to move the ball. Can you score? Can you take the ball away? You know, a lot of people get
1: fascinated with the 400 yards passing and five touchdowns. But yeah, you lost. Look at Hawaii and Arizona. That was a wild game. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that was a wild game. Shout out to Khalil Tate. He almost got it in there, but, you know, got tackled at the one. But shout out to that defensive tackle that pressured him in the pocket yeah. and then chased him down and ran you know <laughs> you know was able to stay you know and hustle through the play otherwise that would have been a touchdown but you have all those points, all those yards, all those scores, and if you're you're
0: Arizona, you lose the game. Yeah. So we'll definitely take you an eye out. Youngstown State certainly had a lot of uh the running game though. Mays with thirteen carries, Turner with thirteen carries and a touchdown. Alisi with fourteen for fifty six. Chapman two scores, eleven carries for fifty uh, but the real question on the other side of the ball was who was going to take the quarterback position at Sanford. and they started off with Liam Welsh, um, who has been there, and he struggled. I mean, he there's no other way to put it: 13 to 22, 142, threw for a touchdown with three picks. They make a quarterback change and they bring in the transfer, Chris Ola Ola Dokun. Uh, Ola Dokun. Oladokun, there we go. See, I'm not as good as you with in terms of pronunciations. <laughs> Comes into the game 7 of 10, 125 and a touchdown. The transfer from South Florida. And this, I mean, we were talking about it before the show. This seemed like common sense that he should have been the guy. You were saying he should have been the guy at South Florida, and that's why he left. There's a lot of people that believe that. But all of a sudden, Samford, you know, there's a little co- quarterback controversy going into Week 2 for the for their second game. I wouldn't say controversy. I
1: think it's pretty obvious who they should go with. Mm. Uh, Oladoken. Again, a guy that should have been the starter. Now, granted, when he came in, it was okay. This game is in you know in in control by Youngstown State. Yeah. Obviously, that they, they backed off defensively. Right. So there's some. That's what we're talking about. Where it could be smoke and mirrors. Right. But having seen him at South Florida, I know he's a talented quarterback. Yes. So I would be more concerned with their run defense.
0: Yes. Definitely. You know, Oh, nearly 300 yards rushing and almost five yards a carry. Yeah, and especially when you consider some of the other teams in the SoCon, your Woffords, your Furmans, you're going to have Citadel. Citadel big time with the option play. If you don't have a very good run defense, it Mercer, could be – Mercer, shout out to Mercer. Sh- you always have to bring up Mercer. You, Mercer. you, you love Mercer. <laughs> one they got, your, they, that's one they
1: have ones. one of the best brands in, in college football at FCS. <laughs> like,
0: it's phenomenal. you, you got to get down to Macon and see their facilities. It's awesome. Uh, but <laughs> it's certainly for Sanford, though. This could be a year of growing pains, though, especially on the defensive side of the ball. That has to be addressed. Quarterback controversy, maybe, maybe not. I think, you know, I think there's been a uh, someone stepped up and finally took the role here. But certainly a good start for Youngstown. There was a lot of talk about this was probably one of the hardest camps they've had in a long time. A lot of the players really fired up going into the season. And we know how the Missouri Valley can get it's a dogfight from North Dakota State and South Dakota State down. It's wide open. So we'll certainly keep an eye on Youngstown as the season goes along. Again, folks, it's the FCS Opening Drive Podcast, the week one preview. If you want to follow us on Twitter, by the way, follow Emory at FBallGamePlan and me at David underscore on Twitter. Follow us there. Let's get into the second part of the podcast here. We're not going to go for the full hour for this one because we don't have many games to talk about. Uh, but we're going to start with the Senior Bowl watch list, That's which is fir- just How about out. we start? With the fact that you still don't have a profile picture or header,
1: <laughs> Like, how do you expect somebody to follow you on Twitter and they don't, you don't even follow yourself? Like,
0: uh, I, I, Yeah, that's like liking your own tweets on – you know, that, that's not going to happen. Come on now. But it, 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 it will be addressed. But the Senior Bowl watch list is out. The far too long Senior Bowl watch list, but they have to cover all their P's and Q's. But a ton of FCS players making this list. And there are a lot of names that we have mentioned on the podcast before that people know, Case Cook is from Northern Arizona, uh, Tom Flacco from Towson, Jake Mayer, UC Davis, Zach Hall from SEMO. But let's talk about some of the guys that maybe people don't know, maybe we haven't talked about as much that were on this list, uh, that were certainly a little bit surprising to me. And let's start with uh, Jacob Nipp, uh, the quarterback from Northern Colorado. He's on the watch list early on. Northern Colorado, again, one of these programs that we've We've talked about in the past, it's kind of a fly in the ointment team, much tougher to play against than what their record might show. Uh, but Jacob Nip gets a look here at the Senior Bowl. What do you think about his play? Love it. Uh, when you look at Nip in the big sky,
1: playing quarterback, yeah, a lot of injuries. Who does that sound like? <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Sounds Case like Lucas.
1: Case Cookers, right? Yeah. So if Nip can stay healthy for this Bears football team, there's a reason why he's on the Senior Bowl watch list. Yeah. As well as Cookers. Both guys are legit good quarterbacks, but they have to stay healthy. And they're going to have those questions to answer come combine pro day circuit, NFL draft time. Mm. The medical is going to be more important for them than their play. They're really good talents.
0: They certainly are very good talents and we'll keep an eye on them. And again, as you said, kind of the wild west of the big sky in terms of quarterback play. Um, Let's stay with the offensive side of the ball and let's talk running backs because we have AJ Hines on this list who we've talked about from Duquesne, really great uh, running back. Uh, Billy McCrary from Abilene Christian also on this list. But a guy that kind of gets overlooked mainly because of who his quarterback is is Shane Simpson, the running back of Towson. Every, you know, Everybody talks about Tom Flacco, myself included, rightfully so, with how he played here. But Shane Simpson is just as big a part of that offense, and he is a very, very good pro prospect.
1: Well, not just a part of the offense. He's also a dynamic returnman. Yeah. So he has that value going for him, being able to return kicks and punts. I was on a broadcast two years ago for the Battle of Greater Baltimore, and you know we spotlighted Shane Simpson in the beginning of the game. Like This is the player to watch for Towson. Then he gets hurt. He tears an ACL. Yeah, comes back next year, which was last year, and plays exceptionally well. And, again, he's not only just a running back. He's a fantastic receiver. And I'm not talking about just catching your screen passes and swing passes. Right. The basic stuff you ask running backs to do, downfield threat in the passing game. So he's a complete player. He's actually what they look for in today's NFL, the do-it-all back. Right. And so it's going to be exciting to see him close out his senior season. I'm not surprised he's on his list,
0: a really good talent. Do you think he's a guy that if he does get drafted or signed, well they he'll be like an experimental, hey, can you play wide out as well as running back? Or do you think he's going to stay as more of a running back guy that's a threat in the passing game?
1: Could be. It could be. You could see some – you can even make a case that he's kind of like – when you look at the Jets, right? Jets kind of have yeah. a, a bevy of these guys yes. in Trenton Cannon, uh, Elijah McGuire, uh, Ty Montgomery, yeah. a bunch of these guys that are, that are versatile, that can do more than True. one thing. I could see him being a player
0: like that and, and being utilized a lot in, in similar roles. Let's move to the offensive line position. Obviously, the the uh, the base of any offense that always gets overlooked, but one of the many guys from Illinois State is Adam Solomon, the tackle. What do you th- see from him? Obviously, he's got the size. What do you think about his attributes?
1: Well, he's a really good player, and you talk about one that paves the way for the run game. You know, James Robinson is on this list because he has a great offensive line yeah. that he's running behind. And, and so when you co- when you look at Coach Brock's back and what he has done. It's been O-line, D-line, backfield. Yeah. Consistent. You know, guys that are playing in the NFL that have had looks in the NFL or have made all-star games have been O-line, D-line, backfield. And, yeah, you have your corner here or there. Um, Devontae Harris is one that's playing for the Cincinnati Bengals that was a draft pick. Uh, You know, they had James O'Shaughnessy, the tight end, who is with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we've seen other positions, but for – the time that coach Spack has been there it's been consistent and it's no surprise because he comes from that uh, joe tiller coaching tree uh the long time late longtime head coach at yeah. purdue uh, and it's been the same thing it's been consistent that's why you know what you're going to get when you watch and look they have a uh you know a safety
0: on this list as well <laughs> luther kirk
1: yeah so again it's been consistent when you look at Coach Back and what he's been able to, to develop and produce.
0: A lot of Redbirds on this list, to be sure. I believe there's a good four team. or five of them here. And it's certainly a team that we talked about, possibly being that third playoff team, maybe the fourth playoff team out of the Missouri Valley. Uh, defensive side of the ball, kind of a good mix here. you got guys like Dante Olsen, the linebacker from Montana, is on this list. Uh, Rashad Robinson, the corner from JMU. But one guy that's in the, um, in the secondary, Bobby Print uh, Price from uh, Norfolk State, the safety. What do you like about his game? Because again, Norfolk State—one of these programs that is in a real powerhouse region of the country, but not many people know about.
1: Shout out to Latrell Scott because there are guys that are not on this list is going to be, I think, playing Sunday football like Nigel Chavis. Yeah, we talked about him a couple years now. Yeah, um, but Price has range. Price has good range for a safety. He's a he's a sound tackler in space, uh, exactly what you want in today's game. Can yep. match up. Uh, so like him as as a as a prospect i like their defense overall as a team i think that part will be better this year
0: yeah i um, mean if they could just stop turning the ball over offensively they'll be a factor the me at. let's move to the linebacker position and let's talk about a guy that you've seen play you've seen practice and you've interviewed him live and that's cam gill the linebacker from wagner again not many players from the northeast in the in the fcs get looked at Cam Gill is one that has to be taken seriously.
1: Absolutely, because he can rush the passer, and anytime you can ring that cash register up like uh, on that side of the ball, that's what they want. And he is all of six three and a half, six four, about two thirty. Yep, a uh, good athleticism, um, good enough to where you can even see him dropping back and covering. And not to say he's comparable to this player, but athletically, he plays a lot like Anthony Barr mm. of the Minnesota Vikings, who can play with his hand in the dirt or off the ground I think he's more of a stand-up outside linebacker whether it's an edge rusher or off-ball linebacker I like his game and he's a good
0: dude he has good perspective when I was able to talk to him this past uh, summer during camp and you can see that um, as well we've had that on the interview was that on TV I believe or was that a YouTube feature yeah we got a TV show it was on it was on TV and it was on YouTube so you can ch- you can check out that interview there uh, really nice kid last guy I want to talk about we talked about the Wild West that is the big sky a couple defensive players on this side of the ball, though, and that's Jonah Williams, the defensive end from Weber. Weber has always been a, has been a solid team the last five years. Their defense is one of the reasons why they are always a contender in one of an offensive happy conference. Jonah Williams is on this list for a reason. It's one of those situations where you, you look back to Jimmy Johnson and his
1: philosophy at University of Miami. We're going to take strong safeties and make them linebackers. We're take linebackers and make them defensive ends. Yep. So you're getting all kind of speed on the field. So when you look at Weber State, it's a ton of athleticism within their front seven. Yes. Uh, so Williams, to me, can be that guy as well. That we, We've seen uh, Asua Opetta for the Philadelphia Eagles, the offensive lineman, yep. get there. So it was pretty cool. And it's, it's going to be excellent to see how this team plays because, again, they lost two of their great linebackers, yeah. uh, Stice and I forget the other guy's name. Uh, but
0: they're going to need that defensive line to really – step up as they break in some new backers certainly going to be interesting to watch and again folks if you want to check out the entire senior bowl watch list uh, a lot of fps guys but 39 fcs players on the initial watch list so that shows you the depth of talent at the fcs level of football you can check that out on the senior bowl watch list uh just go to the website it is all there for you uh and again folks there's enough talent here we talked about it size is not a skill some of these guys oh maybe they're you know they're undersized that's why they went to fcs nobody cares you make the plays in the field, you're gonna have the talent. Let's move into week one. Can you believe it's week one already? Not nah, because we've been we've been out on the road the whole <laughs> summer, man. Our week one was about three months
1: ago. Exactly. Leave so, us alone.
0: <laughs> but, I'm kind of glad it's week one. <laughs> so you can actually, you got some uh, you got some games to call. I'm sure. Well, um, yeah, I'll be on the Mammoth uh, Western Michigan broadcast radio up Broad- to Michigan, yeah. Kalamazoo. Good old Kalamazoo, but there's a lot of games that are going to be very interesting. Some more FCS, FBS matchups to talk about here. And let's start with one that could, the over-under for this game should probably be about 95. Eastern Washington versus UW, University of Washington. Huskies are at home. They've been a very, very good team in the Pac-12 for the past few years. Eastern Washington, though, we know what they can bring to the table offensively. This is not going to be an easy picnic for Washington.
1: Listen, we saw this game, let's say two thousand sixteen, when Eastern Washington went to Washington and yeah. gave those guys fits. Yeah. Uh, with Vernon Adams at quarterback. Yeah. Who ended up transferring out of Eastern Washington and went to Oregon. I think Eric Barry has the same type skill set yeah. as as Vernon Adams. Yeah. So he's gonna give Washington some problems. Here's the difference. Washington's defense is is excellent. Chris Peterson has done a fantastic job. At Washington, you know, this is this is in two two thousand sixteen. This is a, a very very yeah. now if they're gonna have some success defensively, I'm not as sold on Jacob Eason as a lot of people seem to be. Okay, because if he was that guy, he would have beaten out From and stayed at Florida. I mean, at Georgia. Oof. So Ouch. And he's been <laughs> named the st- starter, but it's true. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is Jacob Eason they're talking about. So. If there's a chance, Eastern Washington's defense has an opportunity to make some plays, get the ball back in the hands of the offense. But this is a tough test
0: for the Eagles. Let's talk about the next FCS versus FBS matchup. And this is one where I think there could be an FCS winner here. We talked about Bobby Price in Norfolk State. The Spartans go to Old Dominion for their first game of the year. In-state battle, huge for recruiting. The Spartans, I think, have a real chance in this. Oh, the Trojans, excuse me, have a real chance in this game. No, it's Spartans. It's Spartans. That's right. It is Spartans. You know, whatever. <laughs> Norfolk Norfolk State ODU. What do you think? You know how
1: far away those schools are from each other? They're still inside the state of Virginia. They're literally uh, so, like five miles away. Yeah. So, I mean, you got <laughs> Norfolk State, yeah. which is in Norfolk right off the highway, and ODU is literally a couple of exits off the same interstate. So. So, they could probably drive individually to the game and <laughs> get and, an Uber, catch, an, right, Uber catch an Uber, Uber to, the, to the game. But this is a tough battle for you now. Granted, we just talked about the secondary of Norfolk State. Yeah. ODU is replacing two NFL players in John Duhart and Travis Fogum at receiver. Right. So advantage there
0: for Norfolk State. But you think it's you would be think?
1: A- I listen. Norfolk State has a a very good, you know quarterback that's 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 not afraid of pressure. Yep. The receiver is outstanding as well. I forget his name, but I know he was a, a top a highly touted recruit. Worry about their offensive line against ODU's defensive line. Mm. And that's what it usually comes down to. And I wonder if they can get off the field enough and if their offense again we just talked about can they stop turning the ball over, that's gonna be key.
0: Next matchup we got to talk about here, Indiana State at Kansas. Indiana State again, the team that came from absolutely nowhere last year, the Sycamores to finish just short, according to the committee Of making a playoff spot they've got fbs kansas uh as their first game kansas has certainly they've looked better the last couple years they've certainly looked better indiana state though i I think some people might see them as a favorite in this ball game this is the debut of les miles
1: yep you know um puka williams i think will play in it i don't think puka williams will play in this game i think he's going to be suspended for this this game okay um, but you're right. We've seen an FCS team go into Lawrence and, and win. We saw South Dakota State go in there and have a field day with yeah. Zach Zinner a yeah. couple years ago. This is a this is a tough game. Like, Kansas really has to come ready to play. We'll learn yeah. a lot about Kansas uh, more so than we will learn about Indiana State because I still think the Sycamores are going to the playoffs. Yeah. But we'll learn a, a lot more about Kansas. This is a game on paper that they should win. Should. Um, <laughs> how, if they win, how – impressive is it you don't want to take credit away from indiana state but you right. also want to look at kansas and see how do the jayhawks come in here take care of business and get a get a victory so it's gonna be that one will be closer than what people think obviously game of intrigue perhaps
0: intrigue <laughs> intrigue because puka williams is a fantastic player and he's not playing right true so we'll see how that goes another uh, in-state game incarnate word again one of the shock teams from last year taking on ut san antonio the roadrunners this is one where it could be a little bit wild. I still want to know
1: what Incarnate Word does on offense. They lost a lot of NFL talent, quite honestly. I want to see what they do for an
0: encore. Because they came, like, as as big as the Sycamores were last year, Incarnate Word was just as big of a story in the Southland. They lost a lot of NFL players on defense, too. Yeah. So,
1: this made, obviously this is not the same team, because each year is, is the team dynamic changes. But for UTSA, you have no josiah Ta- tower effa who is now with the new york giant yeah uh, he was there uh, he was a tackling machine um this is another one where the battle of san antonio you know yeah. both schools are in san antonio recruiting is on the line you want to see how this one shakes out so that'll be interesting to watch that's at six o'clock eastern time in the alamo dome uh, so we'll we'll see uh, if incarnation where we can pull off the shocker but that'll be an interesting
0: game to see what they look like defensively that'll be very interesting to watch one more fcs versus fbs game we're going to touch on here there are quite a few here in week one but we're going to just touch on a few we're going to touch on some more in some of our other programming as well so keep an eye out on youtube for those uh but campbell at troy we talked about campbell the last couple of years how they passed the off the bus test registered all their freshmen after they moved to the pioneer league went to scholarship football now they're in the big south Now they could be a force in the Big South. They're taking on Troy, who, you know, coming from you know Louisiana, you know about Troy and what they bring in the Sun Belt. How do you see this game going? This could be interesting. It's going to be interesting because this is a Troy
1: team without Neil Brown, who's now the head coach at West Virginia. Mm -hmm. So we'll see if, if Troy still has the same edge. They have a ton of talent. They're one of the top teams in the Sun Belt Conference. I want to see how Campbell matches up in the trenches. I think they can match up in the trenches with Troy more so than people will give them credit for. Because I've seen this offensive and defensive line up close. I know they have the Hogs up front. So that
0: is where it'll get interesting. Do they have the playmakers on the outside is going to be the biggest question. That'll be certainly something to watch in that ballgame. Let's talk about some FCS versus FCS matchups. Uh, and Let's start in the Northeast. Central Connecticut State at Fordham. We were out at Fordham a few weeks ago. Uh, And following up on their spring camp, certainly a lot of energy around Fordham right now um, in terms of uh, their coaching staff and in terms of their players. Central Connecticut State coming off, you know, again, another year where they just came up short, just fell short of Duquesne, two years removed from a conference title. What do you want to see in this game from both squads? I want to see the defensive line of Fordham
1: against that offensive line of Central Connecticut State. Because the defensive line for Fordham, they were fired up. We all saw them putting a lot of work in practice. <laughs> like they were getting it in their practice. But when you look at the Blue Devils, Jayvon Brown, who's on the senior bowl watch list, I believe, uh from Central Connecticut state, if he's not, it's it's a <laughs> it's a crime. crime um <laughs> because he's a big time offer. Of, is he on this list? He's I don't think he is. Wow. I know he's on a NFL PA games uh big board uh, so, but Javon Brown is a big, big lineman, 6'4", 330, and they're going to have their hands full, uh, Fordham will, and we get to see what the uh, second-year QB can do, uh, Tim Demoret, Yes. You know, experience is is great. He played as a true freshman. We talked to Joe Collin about that. Yeah. Um, and we'll see how this, this, you know, experienced quarterback play will fare against uh Central Connecticut State who will be
0: breaking in their own new quarterback as Jake Dolagala is now starring with the Cincinnati Bengals in the preseason. Exactly. So we'll keep an eye on that one. I want to see Fordham's running game too. We saw some pretty good running backs um, when we were there for practice. Let's move to the next game here. The debut of a new coach at William and Mary. A lot of people didn't think that was ever going to happen, but it's gonna be happening now. And the uh the the what what, what would we call the the uh the Designer of the Go-Go offense, taking the over William & Mary. The architect, the mad genius whatsoever, yeah. taking over. Did I tell you he has, he has a book out? Uh, I think you mentioned that. What, what yeah, book he, is that, by the way? It's called The Go-Go Offense. Yeah, it's yeah. a
1: great detail of his offense, written by Brendan Marion, which you can find that on footballgameplan.com
0: slash offense. This is the first time I've mentioned it uh, to anybody. So Cheap pluck. Uh, <laughs> they will be at home, though. And, again, brand-new coaching staff, brand-new era for William & Mary the post Jimmy Laycock era they start off with Lafayette who have got a lot of questions of their own especially in the offensive side of the game how do you see this one going listen when you look at Lafayette last year defensively they were supposed to be where they
1: could hang their hats as the offense got up to speed yep. last year the defense wasn't good at all um this is a pivotal year in my opinion for coach Garrett he has to you know really turn this thing around cuz they've been you know the first year it looked as though, okay,
0: this is a team that's gonna be a factor in the Patriot it's League. It's getting better. It's yeah, you know, it's because Lafayette's always been kind of a powerhouse. Them and Lehigh yeah. have been the top two and they've both kind of fallen off a little bit. I wouldn't say powerhouse. Let's let's <laughs> let's scale back a little bit. No, no I nobody uses po- powerhouse right. in the Patriot I mean, League. I mean, the powerhouse
1: has been <laughs> Fordham, uh, with that offense True. with under under Moorhead and, and you know, and Bryner, but um and Colgate, how you go how you gonna say powerhouse when Kogi,
0: historically, anywhere. historically, Lehigh and Lafayette have been teams that have always been at the top. They're not right now. Historically, Lehigh and Lafayette have been participants in college
1: football. How about that? <laughs> how about that, Dave? All right. Wow, just so throwing them both under the bus. I'm We're not, not going to both. Pennsylvania anywhere. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what I'm more excited to see in this game is how the Google offense will look with offensive linemen. Yes, we know William and Mary is stockpiled with offensive linemen. CAA, still got a CAA offensive line. Exactly. And we haven't seen how this offense operates with a quality front five. They may do at Howard with the front five they had, but this is a different animal. Now, they don't have the athletes that they had at Howard. Yeah. Uh so I'm just see how I'm just interested to see how this whole offense works with this new personnel.
0: Yeah, it's going that's going to be a fascinating thing because you have you don't have the speed but you have more size. So does that You get move people do you, off the spot? Uh, do you adjust it more? Do you tweak it a little bit or do you just let it run and see what it is with improved parts? We'll see what happens. Me knowing how
1: the offense works, you guys have to go and perch the book to see how the the foundation and
0: philosophy of this offense and why <laughs> it is what it is and then you can know it too exactly (laughs) inside info couple more games to talk about here folks for week one let's go out into Appalachia East Tennessee at Chattanooga Chattanooga had a very good year last year came back a little bit there's a lot of upside for them Eastern Illinois another program where they're like a new head coach coming in from Northwestern maybe this is what the Panthers need to move up in the world interesting ball game here very a lot of intrigue in this one yeah, because you have two senior bowl list guys on
1: opposite ends going head-to-head. Yes. You have quarterback Nick Tiano, who a lot are expecting a big year for him. Yes. Nasir Player, the defensive edge rusher for East Tennessee State, is a guy that you're expecting to have a ton of sacks, uh, like he did last year. So you have the quarterback and the pass rusher. Should be a great game. This is a... One of those underrated games in Week One that we have on the schedule because East Tennessee coming off of a playoff season, Chattanooga coming off a down year, breaking in the new coach as well, should be fun to watch.
0: I did speak there. I said Eastern Illinois. That's my apologies. No, you said East Tennessee State. Uh, no, I think I said Eastern Illinois for the uh, first time there, but that, that's that's my mistake. But you're correct. East that's Tennessee one of State. many mistakes you've made, like <laughs> including most of my hot takes. Powerhouse Lafayette, like come <laughs> on, man. Like, Keep it moving. <laughs> hey, should I talk about Powerhouse Stetson next? Because that's where we're going for It'll our next game. Based off last
1: year, like, yeah, talk about Powerhouse
0: Stetson. <laughs> the, the Pioneer League gets a an interesting game here. Presbyterian at Stetson. Uh, Presbyterian, of course, they are moving away from the FCS level in the next couple of years. Scholarship football. Away they're, going to, from, they're, they're going to the Pioneer League. Going into the Pioneer League. So it's kind of a preview in a way Yeah. Uh, for them moving somewhat say down, but I would say laterally. Uh, but Stetson last year, again, one of these programs, like, where did that come from? We knew Stetson was going to be okay because of some of the players they had, uh, especially on offense. They became a force and they scared San Diego a little bit, just a little bit last year in the pioneer league. Can Stetson pull off an encore? It's possible. Um, because
1: we've seen how good the pioneer league has gotten over the last five years. I mean, this is a league that has won playoff games. Yeah. San Diego has won a first-round game. They I won- think are the last three years. Exactly. Yeah. So you can't sleep <laughs> on the Pioneer League anymore. Uh, but this is going to be an interesting battle because I, I, I'm a big fan of Presbyterian and how they play. You don't blow out Presbyterian. No. They always play closed games. So we'll see how this one plays out, and we'll see how Stetson responds to expectations now. Yes. The,
0: they, yeah. were, they were 8-3 last year. This, this should be known as the Clothing Bowl. We have the blue hose of Presbyterian and the Hatters of Stetson.
1: Presbyterian has phenomenal uniforms, by the way.
0: They do have very good uniforms. Let's talk about the last game here, and this is going to be an interesting one. Charleston Southern at number 19, Furman. Again, Charleston Southern, one of these teams where you go back 10 years, they are consistently looking for titles in the Big South. Monmouth comes in. Kennesaw moves in. All of a sudden, Charleston Southern, maybe not as relevant in terms of the national picture. They're trying to move back in. As for Furman... This is a year where I think it's a really good opportunity for Furman to possibly go in and win the SOCON, which is becoming even more competitive. But again, that means people are losing to each other all the time. Big game, big test for Furman here. New head coach and Archie Denson. I've professed my
1: admiration for his game Uh, growing up watching a lot of Notre Dame football and watching Archie Denson slash his way in and out of traffic into big gains for the Fighting Irish. Excited to see him go from running backs coach to head coach. Yes, I think he has a sleeper in Charleston Southern. Furman, I also picked to go to the playoffs. You did. So this is a pivotal game, a key one to start Week One. Uh, and it's interesting that we get a big South SoCon battle uh, with two teams that stylistically play a lot, but we historically Charleston Southern play, you know, this option you know, right. spread option. Been in the playoffs because of it. they've been really good defensively over the last couple of years. So we don't know what to expect now with Archie Denson. Yeah, that's so going to be interesting So the now. level of
0: unknown going into this game is going to be key. Which makes it intriguing. There you go. Again, folks, that is it for our Week 1 preview. If you want to check out all of the games coming up for Week 1, go to FCS Stats and check out their full scoreboard there. There's a lot of really interesting games, including a lot more FCS versus FPS matchups that we didn't get to. But maybe we will be if they pull the upset. That might be uh, something we can talk about next week in our Week 2 preview. Again, if you want to listen back on this podcast or any of our other podcasts previewing the season, you can do still do that at SoundCloud and iTunes. Search Football Game Plan in the podcast section. You can go to YouTube.com slash Football Game Plan for all of your needs. We will be bringing back the FCS Whip Around, so make, keep an eye out for that. And the FCS Kickoff, where we will preview a lot more
1: games and give uh, predictions, because if you notice... I didn't. I didn't give a prediction. It's been
0: leaning left or right. And here's the thing: I did not ask you her any predictions. Yeah, I'm you did. You, you say what you thought it is. What you think about who's? You know, you you've asked for predictions. I, I did not ask who was going to win the games. I asked how do you think this game is going to go. Don't try to get me in that trap.
1: But <laughs> what, what does what does how do you think this game is going to go means?
0: No, that means what do you think will be the keys in terms of how the game progresses as it goes along in terms of offense, defense, position versus position, so forth, etc. I did not ask you. Who is going to win this ball game? You got a Twitter picture yet? Shut up, <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, folks. I only respond to those that have avatars,
0: <laughs> <laughs> pictures in their avatars on Twitter. That's why you just walk away whenever I ask a question. You just turn around and just walk down the other end of the hallway. Because right? all I see is a silhouette. You're a troll. <laughs> <laughs> again, I've been called worse, folks. You can also go to uh, YouTube.com again to check out all the videos that we'll be having coming out. If you live in the metropolitan New York area and you have Optimum, you can go to the Game Plus Network and check out our shows. We're going to have a lot of new material coming out for not just college football, but also for the pros uh, that will be debuting over the next week or so. So keep an eye on that if you have Optimum in the New York area. And, uh, again, okay, go purchase the Go-Go offense. It's not like we've had any cheap plugs during this podcast at any point telling you to go buy this book, but you should anyway. It's the right thing to do. If you love America, you go ahead and get the- <laughs> Go-Go Offense. <laughs> if you love America, go buy your book, The Go-Go uh, the Offense. Again, folks, thanks for listening in. We'll be back with hopefully a lot of FCS over FBS upsets in week one, in the week two preview coming out next week. Thanks for listening in as always. We'll see you next time.